What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Mark Thompson, back for an exciting episode of the AVO Podcast. On this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about my man, Cam Newton. Finally got picked up on a roster, so we're going to touch on that a little bit. And the NBA season finally resumes on July 30th, so stay tuned. You're listening to the AVO Podcast. As always, this episode is brought to you by GuruHouseSound.com. If you are looking for fresh new artists in the Philadelphia and Tri-State area, log on to GuruHouseSound.com and start your free trial today. Check out our music review section, our playlist section, and so much more. Log on to GuruHouseSound.com to start your free trial today. Alright, just a little disclaimer before I get started. You might hear some fireworks in the background, so just giving y'all a heads up. That's because that's all people do is like these damn fireworks. They be going till 3 a.m. in the morning. Everybody just want to spend their stimulus checks on fireworks and just lighting them all damn day. 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you can't even see them because it's broad daylight, which doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't understand that whatsoever. But all I'm saying is, people, if you listen, and stop lighting them damn fireworks all damn day. Anyway, let me get to the sports. It's actually kind of odd finally having a chance to talk about sports because I'm not going to lie, man. I've, I've been on a little bit of a drought. I mean, because I miss actual live sports. Like, I miss watching basketball. Like, it, it, it's the end of, actually, it's July now. But I miss the NBA Finals. Like, the NBA Finals didn't happen yet. You know, like, NF, NBA lottery picks didn't, I mean, I'm sorry, draft order didn't come out yet. You know, NFL, they're still running as normal in hopes that they can start, you know, with a certain timetable and everything. But it's good to finally talk about sports. I didn't want to talk about, like, all old stuff that you hear on the national, like, ESPN and First Take and all that stuff like that. Because it's like, it's all hypotheticals and if LeBron faced Jordan one-on-one, we never going to see it. I want to talk about real stuff, not hypothetical. So I'm glad we actually got some real stuff and some progress. Oh, one more thing. This is my favorite one. Watching um, Skip Bayless and uh, Shannon Sharp or uh, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman argue over a tweet. Like, yo, that's when I turn that joint off so fast. I'll just watch Hulu or Netflix or something. Like, I'm not going to sit there and watch people debate over a tweet. Like, no, I'm good. We we need we need some sports, and I'm glad we finally going to get it started. So, my man Cam Newton signs a one-year deal with the New England Patriots worth up to $7.5 million. I understand him getting released. I get that. They went for a a younger Teddy Bridgewater to give them an opportunity to possibly flourish and build around him. I get it. Even though Cam Newton is 31, listen, former MVP, it shouldn't have taken this long for him to get signed. It's, It's just absolutely ridiculous. That makes no sense. I mean, everybody knows how dynamic Cam Newton is as a quarterback. Come on, 6'5", 245 pounds. They, like, so many teams struggle with Cam Newton, but the thing that Cam Newton himself struggled with the most was injuries. So a part of me feels like a lot of the teams were thinking, you know what, maybe he's still banged up, not sure if we want to give him an opportunity because there's a lot, and when I say a lot of quarterbacks that Cam Newton is much better than, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you could arguably sit here and say that Cam Newton is still a top 10 quarterback. I got Cam Newton over a few quarterbacks that people really sit out here and call elite. Like, for example, I got Cam over Matt Ryan, 
definitely got Cam Newton over Dak Prescott. And it, pff, Cam Newton over Kirk Cousins, are you kidding me? And for sure, Cam Newton over Ryan Tannehill. First off, I don't even think Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is that great, especially because he got carried in the playoffs. I mean, their running game was so strong. Are you kidding me? He's just a, a major game manage, manager. And then maybe Matthew Stafford, too. I mean, that's close. I want to see Matthew Stafford actually play for, like, a solid head coach and get some solid weapons around him and see how good he really is. But to be honest, when Tom Brady left the New England Patriots, I really thought once I heard Cam Newton got released that he would end up in New England. Now, the reason I kind of like hesitated and thought Pittsburgh for a little bit is because New England took entirely too long to go after Cam. So I just started getting a little bit worried because we knew they didn't have anyone to truly replace Tom Brady Cam Newton finally getting picked up by the New England Patriots to me I'm I'm excited I um I mean I've always kind of had like a love-hate relationship with the Patriots like I never like really hated the Patriots whatsoever I mean the Patriots they just remind me of the the San Antonio Spurs like they're just always there they were always good their divisions never super crazy but you know they're uh you know, unfortunately, a product of their excellent head coaching, um, their Hall of Fame quarterback, and their division, and that's why the Patriots were always there. But for Cam Newton to get the opportunity to play with Bill Belichick, I'm actually really excited for him. I'm very interested in seeing what Bill Belichick can do with Cam Newton. The reason I'm very interested in seeing something like this is because if you look at the NFL, they're finally migrating over to the athletic quarterback and mobile quarterback and you know where I'm going with this pretty much the black quarterbacks where it's at and Tom Brady you lose a former MVP and you gain a younger what 11 years 10 years younger former MVP and Cam Newton who's mobile I just pray that he can stay healthy but the way that offensive line protected slow ass Tom Brady I don't think Cam Newton's going to have an issue at all. I'm very excited. I can't wait to see what type of packages Bill Belichick puts together for Cam Newton. The one thing that kind of is funny yet interesting, I do see the Patriots winning the division. I mean, that's hands down. Like, that's not a problem. But you always got to pay attention to Vegas. Vegas, man, they they not trying to lose no money. So the, you, know, you just got to watch them close. Before Cam Newton signed with the uh, New England Patriots, um, Vegas had them at nine for the year, like for nine wins, but they picked up Cam Newton at like now they're 9.5. So, I mean, hey, if he ends up getting them the nine, 10 wins, they still win the division and make the playoffs. I don't think that's terrible. So we'll, we'll definitely see what happens. But at the end of the day, I'm very excited for Cam Newton. And I'm just happy to see what type of opportunities can really come his way. Being with a solid head coach, a solid offensive line, some weapons, everything. Like a coach that's really going to game plan. I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited for him. Another thing just to throw on there is, like I mentioned earlier, it shouldn't have taken this long. Like... I get it. The dude dresses weird. His hair does some things, but he's a warrior on the NFL field. I mean, as I mentioned, 6'5", 245, when that man tucks and runs, that's that's Derrick Henry running at you as a quarterback. Like, stop playing. So give Cam Newton his respect. I'm happy for him. I'm excited, and I can't wait to see what he does with the New England Patriots. (laughs) 
Well, my good people, the NBA is coming back July 30th. It's going to be held at ESPN's Worldwide Sports Complex in Orlando, Florida. So here's the breakdown. We got 22 teams, and there's going to be eight seeding games per team. There's going to be a 16-team playoff field. So here are the team. I'm going to start with the Western Conference. We got the Dallas Mavericks, Denver Nuggets, Houston Rockets, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers, Memphis Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans, Oklahoma City Thunder, Phoenix Suns, Portland Trail Blazers, Sacramento Kings, and the Utah Jazz. Those 13 teams rounds out the Western Conference. So let me jump on to the nine teams in the Eastern Conference, and I'm going to say them in order. We got the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, the Indiana Pacers, the Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, and the Washington Wizards. Those are the nine teams in the Eastern Conference, which gives us a total of 22. But wait, there's more. The top seven teams will make the playoffs. Now here's the breakdown, all right? So the eighth seed must be more than four games ahead of the ninth seed in each conference. If not, this is where things get a little bit tricky, all right? If the eighth seed is four games or less ahead of the ninth seed in the same conference, then the eighth seed must win one game to advance to the playoffs. So it's a play-in tournament. For the ninth seed, for example, they must win two games to advance to the playoffs, and then they claim the eighth seed. So that's how the breakdown is going to be this year for the NBA playoffs as it resumes. To recap, in case I lost you, we got 22 teams, all right? We got 9 from the Eastern Conference. We got 13 from the Western Conference. The top 7 teams, they make it in each conference. In the event that the 8th and the ninth seed are separated within 4 games, there's a playoff tournament. The 8th seed, all they have to do is win 1 game. Ninth seed, all they got to do is win 2 games over the 8th seed to claim the eighth seed so then we can resume to our seven game series in the NBA playoffs if I lost you let me know because when I first read it I was a bit lost which kind of has people starting to ask questions is listen the real question is people asking if there's going to be an asterisk around the winner when it comes down to the NBA finals to be honest when I first thought about it I was thinking just being a selfish fan that I am I was thinking, yeah, it's definitely, whoever wins is definitely going to have an asterisk next to their name. Unless it's the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers win, like, ain't no asterisk. We went out there, we did the damn thing, whatever. I can already hear the LeBron haters saying, you know, in, in the event that the Los Angeles Lakers win, saying that, oh, it's an asterisk, it was shortened, Jordan never went through this, Kobe never went through here through this you you know the bs that all the lebron haters say and always trying to compare errors blase blase but one thing that we got to learn to do as human beings we got to sometimes hmm, look at it from another lens so for example I, I came across something on twitter and i saw austin rivers he said something that made a lot of sense so i'm just gonna read what he said he said I think whoever wins this should have an asterisk next to it, but only for being the toughest championship ever won. You're asking guys to take three to four months off, then come back, find chemistry, etc., then play during a pandemic while players are fighting for Black Lives Matter. There's a lot going on right now, crazy times, and a lot to worry about during these times. 
players are leaving their families to live in a lockdown bubble. So for all these reasons and more, I think it will be one of the more tougher championships ever won. Only season ever like this, ever. And I'll be the first to let you know that Michael Jordan did not win a championship in the middle of a pandemic. So I don't want, nah, let me, let me stop playing and just be serious for a moment. But nah, I agree with Austin Rivers 100%. Like I said, initially, the selfish fan looking at it, yeah, I would say there's an asterisk next to it. But he has a big point. I mean, these players are out there. On the front line, I've seen so many players out there protesting. You've seen Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Kyle Lowry, so many other guys just out there protesting, fighting the cause for Black Lives Matter so we can make true change in this country, so we can stop the racial profiling, the police brutalities, etc., etc., the things that us African Americans have been going through forever. For, for as long as I can remember, 400 plus years, my grandparents went through it, my mother, myself, we, we've all experienced it. So for for people to go and put an asterisk on a champion after everything that they're enduring, I think that's very unfair and selfish. So if there is truly an NBA season that's going to start on July 30th, I tip my hat off to these guys, especially being locked down to finish the season to for some of these guys this is their livelihood I mean a lot of those dudes may live check to check some of your veterans might be taking care of money etc but at the end of the day I know it is a job but I, I do tip my hat off for these guys to go out there to continue during these times and Believe it or not, they're going to be there to entertain us. So people are going to watch these games. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, it's in a bubble. It doesn't have any fans. This, just that. doesn't matter. You guys are going to watch. Now, one thing I would recommend, and I said this before, if they mic'd up all the players, I don't need no fans because I want to hear the real trash talk. Like, that's what I'm talking about. What? Mic the players up for real. That, w- that would be very exciting. I agree with Austin Rivers. This is going to be a very tough NBA championship to compete for, especially during the time. It's going to be mentally, physically draining. We'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, we're getting some hoops back, and I'm happy about it. So before I move on to my Sixers, there's something I got to get off my chest. I am sick and tired of the James Harden slander. Like, people, stop slandering this man. Like, look, James Harden, since he's come in the league, he's eight-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, six-time All-NBA, 2017-2018 MVP. He's a sixth man. We know what he did with OKC. Since moving to Houston, his eight seasons in Houston, man's averaged a little under 30 points. I'm tired of the slander. People say everything he does is a walk. Everything he does is a flop. Ayo, listen. My man is crafty. And I'm, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right? Because he gets to the line 11 times a game. All right. Well, look. He understands how to. He knows how to manipulate the referees. Sounds like a strategy to me. Like, what are you going to do? We're not going to sit here and act like James Harden is some physically imposing human being like LeBron James. He does what he does and he gets you 30 points per night so people need to stop being disrespectful he's crafty he's a very crafty player like my and and to mention since he's been in Houston he's played over 70 games each season so that's a pretty durable player pretty reliable he's always there hey look does he have some turnovers and has had some moments in the playoffs 
Yeah, he sure has. James Harden is one of the best players in the NBA. Easily a top seven, top five player in the NBA with no hesitation. So that James Harden slander needs to stop as of today. I don't want to hear any more of it. My man is crafty. Other players just need to catch up with the time. Moving on to my Philadelphia 76ers, I am going to break down their schedule and I'm going to give you a little bit of a prediction as well, how I think they'll do for these final eight games. August 1st, they got the Indiana Pacers. August 3rd, the San Antonio Spurs. August 5th, the Washington Wizards. August 7th, the Orlando Magic. August 9th, the Portland Trailblazers. August 11th, the Phoenix Suns. August 12th, the Toronto Raptors. And to wrap up the season, they have the Houston Rockets on August 14th. Now, pretty much all these games are going to be either on NBA TV, NBA League Pass, TNT, or ESPN. You're going to be able to watch these games. There there will be games. And, and the cool thing about it, since these games are happening in the bubble, a lot of the games are starting at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Now, here's the breakdown. This is what I think. On paper, this is what I think the Sixers will do. So I got them going 5-3 and three, those final eight games. Hear me out. I feel like they should have no problem against the Pacers, especially if Ben is back healthy, Joel's healthy. I know it's going to take time to get some chemistry, but on paper, come on. We know it's the Philadelphia 76ers. Going into this season, a lot of people picked the Sixers to come out of the Eastern Conference. So that's why I'm sitting here saying, on paper, I got them beating the Pacers, Spurs, Wizards, Magic. I got them losing to the Blazers. I have them beating the Suns. I have them losing to the Raptors and then losing that final game to the Rockets, which will have them 5-3 and three inside the bubble. Now, here's something that alarms me. Like, it really alarms me, and, and it's this. At home, inside the Wells Fargo Center, the Sixers are 29-2. and two inside the Wells Fargo Center. Away, they're 10 and 24. Guess what? All those 8 games and everything from here on out is away. That's not these games are not happening inside the Wells Fargo Center and that is a big problem for me and it's very concerning. 10 and 24, that's ugly and that's the reason why they're sitting 6 in the Eastern Conference at 39 and 26. That's disgusting. I mean, come on. Something I hope I really hope and I pray and I wish that during this time, Brett Brown was studying his ass off because he is going to be coaching for his life. Like seriously, coaching for his life. If these boys are not ready, if he doesn't have a game plan or any type of adjustments going into it, I swear this man needs to be fired. You know what? I always be talking about it on Twitter about how he needs to be fired. So, I mean, if we're if we're starting July 30th, I might as well get my fire Brett Brown tweets going as well. I just don't have any faith in Brett Brown, and I also just don't think the players respond to him. The players need a coach that they respect and respond. I mean, isn't Brett Brown like Ben Simmons' godfather or something? And he can't even get his godson to shoot a jump shot. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. So, 5-3. and three, I'm not even going to talk about what I think is going to happen in the playoffs yet. I want to see if we even can get through these eight games. Because there's a part of me, there's a little part of me, who truly feels that it ain't happening. Because y'all dirty mofos out there are not even wearing masks. Y'all going to Miami. Y'all going to Atlanta. 
Y'all not quarantining for 14 days. I don't know if we're going to make it to the playoffs. I'm going to be optimistic, though. I am. But truth be told, I be seeing y'all. I be seeing the Karens acting up in Trader Joe's. I be seeing the Karens acting up in, in Wegmans on social media. Listen, we're going to see. So I've mentioned this on numerous occasions, but when I'm in the car, I pretty much just listen to Philly sports radio all day. And it really drives me insane to hear people always argue over Joel and Ben. or It's either Ben or it's either Joel. It's either or. People every day are talking about trade Ben, trade Ben. But no, it like he's still a kid. Another thing I listen to is I listen to All the Smoke with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. And I swear, 95% of the NBA players that are on there that, that he actually have the interviews with say that they didn't start getting their stride in the NBA till their fourth season. Y'all know Ben Simmons hasn't hit his fourth season yet. I understand it's frustrating that he doesn't shoot jump shots. I get it. But the man still hasn't. He hasn't figured out who he truly is as a player. For all we know, with all this time and rest, I, I see he put on a little bit of weight, a little bit more muscle. For all we know, this man might come out aggressive, playing the way that we want him to play. We just don't know. He's still developing as a player. So for people to pull the plug on Ben so fast, he shouldn't do it. Shouldn't do it. I don't agree with it at all. Ben Simmons is already a top 10 player, easily. He easily is. And this is without a jumper. He should win defensive player of the year. He can guard all five positions with no problem. He's damn near the fastest man on the court. Pass, you name it, penetrate. Like He, he literally does it all. Now, this is what I would say. If we're talking business, the only person, if it, if it came down to it, if they said, look, we got to trade somebody, you trade Joel. I love Joel. I love Joel to death. He's, he's Philly. He's really Philly. Once he, once he turns in that and get that true tenacity going, he's really Philly to the core. In my opinion, I don't think he's going to necessarily get much better. I mean, he's, he's seven feet. You already know what happens when you have a big body like that. And honestly, his trade value is only going to diminish as time goes on. This is the highest trade value that he currently has at the moment. So in the event we were to get rid of somebody... Call me crazy, but I get rid of Joel Embiid. Like I said, I don't think he's going to get much better. And with that big body, possibly could get more injured. You trade Joel, surround Ben with a bunch of shooters, maybe get Ben a point guard so that way Ben can play the power forward. I think he would be great as a point forward instead of a point guard because once Ben Simmons is in the open court, he's unstoppable. But like I said, this is all hypotheticals and, you know, that stuff I complained about talking about in the beginning. I want, I want my Sixers to stay together. I love Joel Embiid. I love Ben Simmons. I just think they need a new voice. So we're going to see what happens with them. In other news, Damian Lillard is the current gen 2K21 cover athlete. That's exciting for him because Dame Dallas be hooping. So I'm sure you're going to have some exclusive singles on the uh, 2K soundtrack. I wouldn't be surprised. And Zion Williamson is on the cover for the next gen 2k21 here's my take on it this is my take on it this is how i felt as soon as i heard that the nba was having 22 teams 13 in the west nine in the east the pelicans are a few games out of the eighth spot the nba wants zion in the playoffs so bad they could have easily just was like look we're gonna have a couple of warm-up games and jump into the playoffs but nah they're forcing zion down our throat 
I like Zion. I don't have no beef with him. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I do not think he is our next generational player. Zion is being forced down our throats. I mean, already the 2K cover athlete and man's barely played 20 games? Are you kidding me? Like, come on, man. Like, there's so many other people that you can give it to before you give it to Zion, but I just truly feel like the NBA is scrambling and they're going to make Zion their star. Don't be surprised if you're watching some of those games and Zion goes to the free throw line just as much as James Harden. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. For real, for real, I'm just glad I finally got some of my creative juices back. Truth is, my laptop was broken, so uh, I got a fresh join. I'm back, so I'm going to start pumping these podcasts out again. And look, I'm going to be real with y'all. Black Lives Matter. That's all I'm saying. Black Lives Matter. We're going to continue this fight so we can make some change out there. For real, because we tired, man. We real tired. And wear your mask, you dirty mofos. And st- Yo, and stop stop lighting the fireworks. I'm, I'm done with the damn fireworks. All right? It's your boy, Mark Thompson. I'm out. Peace.